It's bad ink, Jam, but not as we know it. Hello, cuz this is Bing. Welcome to the Bashcast, brought to you by BookieBashing.net, betting at 100.1 and above. This is Bashcast episode number 170, an anytime goal scorer steam. It is 12.32 on Saturday the 10th of April 2021. Coming up in this afternoon's Bashcast. Call me for the pleasure, you can call me for the pain. Call me on the phone or on the mental plane. I'll be the bitch you need, I can tell you what you came for. Call me that call I destroy the dance floor. Right to the top, never stop, drop like cream. You bring the body and I'll bring the steam. Alright, Tony. You bring the body and I'll bring the steam. Come without the karma to destruct the dance floor. Rise to the top, never stop, drop like cream. Drop like cream. Coming up in this afternoon's Bash Cast, we talk about some anytime goal scorer. That's not going to get old. Shops are reopening on Monday after the break. A US sports veteran, Colorado, runs into trouble with William Hill. And our friend who played Bet Fred Casino Games, he's had a judgment in his case. All of that and more coming up. After some he's 17. Like a green dream, never stop rising. I'll rub you like a wave going out while the tide's in. Pressure by my lichers hard and that's an easy. Smooth with the move to soul, dry or greasy. Here is your harmony, here is your friend. Kindred spirit of a fury blend. Maybe on a crack or on a journey, sure. I'll take your body on a mystery Alright, let's open the mailbag this week. People do that on podcasts, don't they? They open mailbags. I actually have a mailbag. Got uh, social media. Love the last two bash casts, by the way. You'd make Run Spot Run worth a listen somehow, man. Thanks very much. Someone else said that. Two other people have said that. In fact, someone asked me to read out the Gruffalo, and so I did before. Why do I have a voice that suits children's stories? I don't know. Maybe I'll introduce that. Or maybe I'll I'll do it. Should we separate out uh, another podcast just for children's stories? Maybe. But thank you very much. That's cool. I would never back anything that you said was value, laughing face, laughing face. You are single-handedly responsible for people losing their savings. All right, okay. Some personal responsibility issues there, fair enough. But you back whatever you, you trust, whoever you want to trust, that's fine. That's not a problem. Really enjoyed the last two podcasts, the interviews. Bring something. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I quite enjoyed having a couple of people on doing the interviews. So they're not really interviews, really. They're discussions, I hope. But what I want to do is continue that. The question is just reaching out to the right people. If you know anyone you want to hear on here, if you even want to be on here yourself, uh, just get in touch. Uh, I'm happy to chat to anybody that's got an opinion about anything, really. Um, so is it, some people like some people who I know who are uh, really very informed have 
declined the invite. I guess some people just don't like talking that much or whatever. Um, but so it's just a case of, um, yeah, you know, do get in touch if there's anyone you want to hear or if you've got anything to say yourself. Um, so there you go. Uh, are you going to casually ignore all your losses? What's wrong, Tom? Is £69 per month times 400 members not enough to cover them? Okay. Uh, right, fair enough. I mean, just breaking that down a little bit. We don't have 400 members. We never have. In fact, it's always been about closer to half of that. Um, and there's quite a lot of volatility as well with you know, members' numbers. I think with every platform there is. You're very much... Um, at the mercy of results, you uh, results can come in, and you generally see uh, people hang around. Uh, results go against us. Uh, you generally see a lot of people um, depart. Uh, probably uh, that's just the nature of the game. But um, uh, yeah, it's not enough to cover my losses for a couple of reasons. First of all, sixty nine times half of the four hundred members is probably closer to the truth, then factor in VAT, then factor in the fact that we've got about seven people at Bookie Bashing, then factor in the fact that we return pretty much every penny we've ever taken in into ongoing R&D and development, and then uh, factor in the fact that when I win or lose, generally my average over the last decade is closer to the five-figure mark. Um, so uh, when I win, I, I win that much. When I lose, I lose, you know, high four figures. So no, it's not enough. Hey, <laughs> there's your answer. It's not enough to cover my losses. Um, thought the interview with Big T was excellent, like two mates talking. Thanks very much. Got a lot of good feedback about that. Actually, Anton, um, Anton was great uh, on the on the Bashcast. Actually, I, I'm saying thank you very much. It was very much. It's his stories that are, are excellent. I like talking shop. Literally talking shop and the nuances um, of that. Hopefully, maybe we can do something similar uh, again in in the future. Um, I hope nobody believes this nonsense. That was in response to me posting a graph with empirical data on the y-axis and empirical data on the x-axis. I mean, you could measure uh, both of them, and then you just plot them both. So, okay, yeah, well, there's a guy that doesn't believe in graphs. Uh, and finally, uh, your ugly bleep children will be taken away from you. Oi! There's uh, somebody who had an anonymous picture of a hand uh, as a profile picture. Uh, who was obviously very angry uh, and thinks that that's a way of somehow getting at me. And what I've actually just started doing is uh, blocking everybody now who is even slightly irritating on Twitter. For a long time, the only person I had blocked on Twitter was Jeff Banks because um, he's mad. Um, but uh, uh, recently, there just seems to be quite a few voices that just seem to be not worth listening to you know when you bring a two-year-old and a five-year-old into the equation uh then yeah that's uh that's basically what's gonna happen so good luck good luck with whatever it is that you're trying to achieve that is the mailbag this week we have uh the entry the Aintree, <laughs> the Aintree Festival with the Grand National this afternoon. Smash day one, and then day two hurt a lot for me. And then we, simultaneously we have the US Masters, and we have the Premiership. The staggering of the Premiership games is making the Premiership boring. 
even though Leeds did beat City 2-1 at lunchtime. And then El Clasico tonight, loads going on today. Masters is um, interesting. Uh, I'm on Zalatoris and Harmon, who are both tied in second place. Zalatoris for a lot of money. Zalatoris is a bit weird, this kid. If he wins the US Masters and the Heritage, which is on the Corn Ferry Tour, he will be number one in the FedEx Cup and number one in the Corn Ferry Tour points list at the same time. Because he's not really still yet PGA Tour certified. But um, both of those guys in second is decent. Um, I had seven guys... I had eight guys and seven made the cut. And all seven are in the top 20 with two in second. That's decent. I'm going to take that. John Rahm had his baby. He was threatening. He was saying like if he went to the Masters and his wife hadn't had the baby and then his wife had the baby on day two, he would leave, which is dangerous from a betting perspective. But his wife had the baby three, four days before. So he's either in happy dad zoned in mode or, well, it's a bit early for no sleep, dad, but you can you can kind of be... I remember the few days after both my children were born, especially the first one, you can be a little bit space cadet-y. Um, well, he's 21st out of 88, although the 88 isn't real, is it? Because we've got Sandy Lyle and Ian Wisdom and Vijay Singh and all these other guys that can't win. I don't know why they invite them year after year, but... Um, but he's 21st at evens. Matt Fitzpatrick and Shane Lowry are both at evens as well. Uh, so, okay, I lied. I don't have all seven in the top 20 because those three guys are 21st. But same principle thing. Shush now. You go on airplane mode. Um, Matt Jones, one under. Ryan Palmer, two under. And then Harmon and Zalatoris, six under. Before their start of day three, with Justin Rose had him um, had him for first round leader at eighty to one, um, because it's Justin Rose. <laughs> I couldn't bet him to win. Couldn't find value on him to win. But you gotta love betting. Um, you know, I had a few uh, sort of spot the pattern. I had um, Westwood, I had Poulter, I had Rose, all three for first round leader. So Justin Rose was quite nice. You don't have to bet many pennies at 80 to 1 to be buying cheeseburgers do you so yeah it's set up quite well the masters i hope will zalatoris does well he's my biggest staked guy uh, so him doing well and winning catching rose and overtaking him would be decent both of those guys about 15 to 1 just now so i'm probably i calculated about 5 to 1 to hit a winner uh at the beginning of day two which in my head is even money 5 to 1 um the Darts Premier League started as well. Um, we had a few hiccups uh, that we didn't foresee um, with the Premier League because we set up the X180s model just before, just after the last Premier League. We worked on it all last summer. Um, but what we hadn't had before now was the ability to draw. So when the draw came through, the model thought, the tool thought that the draw was a player and it was trying to put a price against the player and it was trying to find out the expected 180s and it was just a disaster. So. <laughs> um, we sort of had some hiccups on day one, two, and three because they played them. They're playing them consecutively: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then back again next week instead of week after week because they've got all the players down in the same place. Um, Gerwin Price withdrew, and James Wade came in with no practice. Uh, Glenn Durrant is the man who is completely and utterly off form and can't string together three darts. 
Um, Johnny Clayton got a nine daughter, which I saw, which was just real fantastic, really fun to watch. He seems like a good guy, Johnny Clayton. D'Souza firing in the one eighties as he always does. Um, but the tracker was up and presenting a little bit of value on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, when we sort of released it in um, December, someone forwarded a comment on the forums that was a bit dismissive of the uh, model. They said that um, we should have used a Skellum distribution for working out um, 180s. And that's a really good idea. Such a good idea, in fact, that had they checked, they would have realized that we were using a Skellum distribution for working out the 180s in the match. It's exactly what how we did set the model up. Uh, rudimentary plugging of the numbers into Microsoft Excel would have done that chap some favors, um, but it's easier to complain and moan, isn't it? Uh, than actually check the maths of anything. So, yeah, that's how we've paired up uh, most 180s um, calculations in the X180s. But, yeah, Premier League back next week. And the other thing back next week uh, is shops reopening on Monday. I'm actually away on Monday, which is a bit... There's nothing I can do about it. I've got my young son, and nursery can't take him with such short notice. Um, so, um, hopefully, the first day will be relatively... Well, I don't know straightforward we don't have the big coupons out on monday um unless the bookmakers are going to do something special i hope they do do something special what was difficult last time with the shops reopening was that you could only go in twice a day which is annoying for advantage place because you've got to go in once for intel leave get the intel crunched and then go in a second time to bet and that's the only time you can go in so if uh, something becomes value after the second time that you go in tough luck to you unless you've got infinite shops at your disposal i mean that's a ridiculous rule it really was they shouldn't i hope they scrap that um as always we'll be looking uh primarily at coupons um any specials that are on um anything on the ssbt's uh intel that comes our way um the what's odd paddy coupon the Great sports offers um, will continue sort of churning the charts over for them. I mean, the days of 200% EV are a little bit in the past. Victim of our own success. What are you going to do? Someone was going to get there first. We did. Uh, it was never going to last, but it was fun whilst we were on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it should be a quiet start, but we'll ramp up shops, as always, and then betting golf on uh, at Betfred and Independence as well. Uh, loads of EV there. So looking forward to the shops reopening. It really is an, uh, an avenue of value. Uh, it's so much harder for me because I'm restricted in so many places to be getting stakes down on bets that I want to do, sort of focusing on the exchanges, which are way more efficient. You don't get your 200% EV bets on at the exchanges, and very hard to compound value there as well. So, yeah, I'm just generally looking forward to getting back into the coupons and getting back into the shop value. And, um, yeah, Monday is the day when we can... Uh, we can start going back again and hitting them as hard as we were. Right, so a little different look this week. Just chatting on some of the stuff I've been betting on, sort of experimentally or something, if you like. Why are MacBook Airs so annoying? I just said the other week. Because of the house move, everything's up in the air. It says, there seems to be a notification every 20 seconds on a Mac that you've got to sign in again with your Apple ID for the 
323rd time today. Before before what? What happens if I don't? I'm not gonna do it. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do if I don't sign in with my Apple ID? What's gonna happen? I'm I, I, I'm at overload now for signing in with my Apple ID. Um, which you're meant to make your passwords like random strings and letters, aren't you? Right? But I'm asked to sign in on my Apple ID so often on so many different devices that it's it's impossible to make that a random string. I have to be able to memorize it because of the frequency that Apple asked me to do it. Anyway, it's not important. I'm going to ignore it. What's on in the background? It's 12.30, 12.42, Saturday lunchtime. We've got Man City versus Leeds On on the TV in the background. There's no comment. There's no commentary, otherwise you would have heard something. John but Stone's asking a bit too much there with Nathan Ake. There you go. John Stone's asking a bit too much. So, um, it's nil-nil. I am on a couple of FGSs on this match. I'm on John Stone's and I'm on Gabriel Jesus in this match. Why am I on those guys? Well, uh, half messing around, half trying a new thing. Oh, by the way, I'm also on um, Leeds to win uh, to nil. So... Good work there, because if either of those FGSs come in, I can't win that bet. But whatever. So that'd be interesting if one of them scored in that match. Why am I on them? I'll tell you why I'm on them. In a second. I have a little sheet here called Player XG, which slowly just understanding more and more about the dynamics of how it works. It's taken a while to automate, and we really do need to automate it. This is the kind of thing that definitely needs automation to make it easier to use. Just now, it's all me doing it, right? And what I do is I take uh, the last traded price for AGS, anytime goal scorer, before kickoff, uh, and then I allow team news to come in. Uh, and then uh, I allow about half an hour to 40 minutes worth of trading to settle down. And then I take, again, the snapshot of AGS, uh, 20, 15 minutes to go. This is why it's difficult to automate, because I'm doing this manually. And then I have to do a load of calculations about um, essentially who's steamed the most. And, well, who's drifted the most is a bit dumb. Like in this match, Kevin De Bruyne drifted in the AGS market um, the most by 45.14%. Have a guess why that happened. Uh, just bringing up the team sheet here. This isn't going to be a surprise. So um, I got a price before Team News and then Team News came out uh, and there is no KDB on the pitch, of course. Uh, he's not even on the subs bench. Oh, he is on the subs bench. There he is, number 17 on the subs bench. So anyone that is on the subs bench drifts loads because um, the anytime goal scorer prices, they are live throughout the 90 minutes of the game and it will only be voided if the player net doesn't play a single second. Um, so, you know, if a player is unexpectedly benched, then the price drifts. So the original price has to take into account some sort of risk of the player, of the player um, not starting. So uh, then of the players that do start, they tend to steam in a little bit because, as just mentioned, the pre-kickoff price has to factor in part of 
the risk of them not starting, not playing 90 minutes or whatever. Um, sorry, Leeds nearly scored there. I just had half my eye on it. So in this match, uh, four players drifted. Gundogan, Foden, De Bruyne, um, and A Luke Ayling. Uh, and looking at the team sheets of those four players, three of them were benched, which is why they drifted, and then people just didn't fancy Luke Ayling, obviously, uh, although he was extremely high price, so perhaps it was just a little bit of um, market dynamics, which you always have to bring into play here. You see, this isn't going to be 100% accurate every single time. Market dynamics mean that there may have been an errant last price match now and again, but the assumption has to be that here's the assumption to run with, when you're benchmarking data off the exchange like this, it should be right most of the time, and the number of times it's wrong against your favour or being pessimistic, it will be equal to the number of times it's being right or optimistic or working towards you, if that makes sense, right? So um, you may have the odd errant last price matches, but over enough trades, they will even themselves out on both sides. Then you have um, Rafinha drifted in marginally, 1.4%. Uh, Rafinha looking at the lineup. Interesting. Where is he? Where's old Rafinha? He's on the bench. So there you go. There's uh, an example of someone that steamed in, uh, albeit 1.4% isn't very much, uh, and was benched. So that's probably like some errant market dynamics going on there. And then you had two proper steams. You had Gabriel Jesus, who steamed in 5.16%, and John Stones, who steamed in 9.32%. Presumably those steams. There's a goal for... Oh, he's missed it. I thought it was a goal for Leeds. Yeah, it was. I thought that was a goal. Um... So you've got two reasonable steams there, one by 5%, one by 9%. They're not big steams, but they're steams all, uh, nonetheless. Uh, and so what I've been messing around with, like in part of this player XG model, is can we identify the steams and what happens if I bet on them? So um, I've got a temporary page up, as I say, that I populate manually on the site. I've been betting on them. I've had quite a good week. Um... I don't, oh, well, I'll try and find, pick out every bet, but if I miss a loser, whatever. Uh, it started with Newcastle on uh, uh, last Sunday, the 4th of April, against Spurs. Newcastle 2, Spurs 2 in that as well. And, and but Newcastle, I think, were like 6-1. to one. And I, I know they didn't win the game, but, oh no, 6-1 to one was the, yeah, they were 6-1. to one. Uh, Joe Linton steamed in the most in that match which is always weird because Newcastle have uh, got about five strikers and they rotate three around at the front um, Joe Linton Almiron but they're all, Joe Linton and Almiron generally quite high prices all the time uh, Dwight Gale um, and a couple of others uh, Joe Linton steamed in 14.2% in that match he was the biggest steamer even though Kane started I think everyone knew he was always going to start and so his price remained um, static so Joe Linton steamed in the AGS and what I'm doing is I'm betting him AGS I'm betting any time goal scorer I got 20 to 1 or 20.0 um, for Joe Linton uh, in that match and he scores first in the 28th minute just before Kane got a couple in the 30th and the 34th right so that was quite decent later on the same day when I was out on the golf course um Mitrovic for Fulham um, was the steamer 
Can I find that? Graf Mitrovic. I had it up earlier. That's what she said. And now I've lost it. It was on the fourth. It would have been about the third graph of the day. Um, Alexander Mitrovic. Big steam. 14%. He was the only steamer. Everybody else... Fred and Bruno Fernandes and everyone else that day had drifted. Uh, so I'd put some money on him at 7.2 on the exchange. First goal scorer, he scores first in the 61st minute of the game. A couple of days later. Actually, sorry, not a couple of days later. Let's pick out some of the losers for you. I had Fernandes who drifted out and then drifted back in and therefore was uh, a, um, a steamer. He didn't score first. And then the following day, Antonio and Richarlison didn't score first either. So there you go. There's three losers in a row. Um, and then City versus Dortmund on Tuesday night. Kevin De Bruyne um, was a really massive steamer in that game. Have I got the graph? Yeah, look at that. 30%. Now, that's indicative of somebody knowing someone when it's 30%. I think K KDB was always going to start against Dortmund. Um, he obviously started a little bit forward. I do know. I was watching the game. There were other strikers in that match. If we go over to Tuesday night on flash scores, bring up the lineup for Man City versus Dortmund. He wasn't an out-and-out -out striker. Um, he was six point eight on the exchange from memory. Lineups. Yeah, De Sil uh, Silva was in front of him, and then you had Foden and Mahrez on the right. Um, flanking them on either side but definitely those four looked like they were playing some sort of 4-2-4 formation so De Bruyne is further up the pitch than he usually is which is why he steamed in so much right now here's the argument the argument is by the time I'm picking up his price uh, am I too late um also looking at flash goals from that day Norwich 7 Huddersfield nil. there was a great little um what odds paddy and Norwich to have the most goals in that match Norwich to have the most corners and Huddersfield to have the most cards, which was a beauty. There was also the Norwich to have the most goals and corners in both halves. And despite the fact they won 7-0, um, Huddersfield had three corners to nil in the second half. What was amazing when there's such a one-sided game with 67% possession for Norwich, but yet they still lose um, in the second half. They still lose it 3-0. But um, yeah, the KDB uh, FGS came in as well. I enjoy betting on the FGSs, and then context, um, Werner didn't get an FGS for me the following day at 6.8. Um, uh, I didn't have any on Europa. Oh, did I? I had Lacazette in Europa League. But um, combine all of those... Together. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of regularly hitting 6 to 7, 7.5 odds, 20 to 1 with Joe Linton. Um, and they've been reasonably profitable. Does it mean there's an edge there? Not necessarily. Uh, I'm testing this out. But the question is, I mean, I know we battle steamers on the coupons tracker and various other things. Is it too late by the time I'm getting on there? Has the value been eroded? Have I jumped on the back of the bandwagon as... Oh, Foden should have scored that. And that would have been nice. Oh, no, not on Foden, on Stones. Goodness. Um, am I too late? Maybe, but whatever. What we do know, though, on the player XG, even if the steamers isn't providing us with nothing. First of all, um, I can't believe that I'm losing horrendously if I'm losing. So that's fine. Second of all, what we do know when we pick up um, the, AGS, the AGS prices, we can... Um, Project that forward for every player to the two plus and three plus, which is more important in this um, in, in this little model, right? So 
player to score two plus and player to score three plus in the games. I'm using a straight non-adjusted Poisson distribution for these two. Um, and that means, you know, if a player uh, like Gabriel Jesus, who was 2.38 in this match, um, uh, for one goal, he should be about 9.57 for two goals, 55.2 for three goals. You're getting 8.0 top price for two goals and 41 for three plus. So there's no value for Jesus, and there generally won't be value for most of the Jesuses of the world, the Agueros of the world, the Salas, the Jotas. These guys are never valued because everyone's betting on them. So bookmakers don't have to offer value on the two plus and the three plus when all their mug punters are. Where you do get value is the Luka. Milojevic's of this world who get goals and they also get multiple goals um, but fewer people are betting on them so this afternoon uh, Crystal Palace versus Chelsea Luka Milojevic who is the um, penalty taker and was o- is, was often value for Double Delight at Trick Heaven um, uh, and he's often quite big odds for first goal scorer well he's 10.0 for any time goal scorer um, at last traded price, which is not indicative of very much, but um, if that is representative and the trading continues at that level, that puts him at about 194 for two goals. Uh, well, top price is 300 to one at multiple bookmakers. It also puts him at 5,600 to one for three goals, and top price is 1,500 to one. The the hat trick is rarely good unless it's a much shorter price, just because by the time you're at a hat trick for some of these midfielders and defenders who get goals, um, uh, you were, we're in black swan territory. Uh, the bookmakers are just you know maxing out at a thousand to one or fifteen hundred to one, where it's many thousands more than that. What are you going to do with variance anyway? What are we going to do with variance? Let's have a look at all the two plus three plus I've been putting on the tracker since when since now let me just go back to garage band you're still recording even though I hit the wrong key there good since when since the 29th of September 2020 I have made (laughs) equals some I could have done this before couldn't I Saved everybody's time. Now I'm just wasting everyone's time. Staked. A massive. And this is to win £200 on each bet. A massive. £1,500. Over 176 bets. Profit. Minus £337.26. Which means what? Nothing. (laughs) It means absolutely nothing. I've lost money for the 2 plus and 3 plus that I put on the tracker. Uh, I've only put 176 bets in the tracker. The average odds of those bets, get this, 114 to 1. 114 to 1. They all could have lost. You know what I mean? Very easily. Have had some winners. Uh, but the var- variance of 100 and... What did I say? 70? Yeah, 176 bets. When the average odds is 114 to 1, it's not even worth talking about. Savvy enough to know that. Yeah, I mean, I've only had Borgia Mayoral to score 2 plus, Ollie Watkins to score 2 plus, Haaland to score 2 plus, Kane to score 2 plus, Ronaldo to score 2 plus, Madison to score 2 plus. Those are winners at 14 to 1, 18 to 1, 3.6, 4.2, and 40 to 1. 40 to 1 was quite nice, James Madison. Haven't had one this year. Last winning bet was the 13th of um, December last year. Um. 
but it's the kind of thing that we're tapping into a market that's um, you know quite a quieter market than usual. Um, all the coupons have got these players priced up for two plus three plus in shops. So you know even if we're getting, I got restricted from Bet Victor just taking a three plus that wasn't uh, a player to score three plus that didn't have a market on the exchange ones. I placed the bet and then I got an email a minute later. It's like why have you done that? They must know. There must be an algorithm saying, oh, this guy's quite a savvy guy. He's bet on a steamer or somebody like that to score three plus goals. Um, and they just got rid of me. So it's much easier to bet on these things at shops. You know what I mean? Uh, and hopefully that, well, it doesn't matter about the tide turning. This is just mathematics, right? There's no sort of question about whether this should be good or not. What we're doing is we're identifying a market that does, a lot of these games don't have an exchange market for two plus or three plus, which makes it ripe for betting on these players because um, the Arbors and the match betters and everyone, they're not touching it. Right, and so and the bookies themselves, they, they can't have a field in their little database that says what was the exchange price of this bet because there there was no exchange market, which makes it um, easier for us to take advantage. What we need to do though, so there's sort of two things going on with this player XG. Uh, first of all, it's taking it's monitoring the last traded price, um, and if there's nothing traded, we'll have to go off top price, and then it's extrapolating out to two plus three plus based on that. Uh, so that's the first thing it's doing, and then the second thing um, I'm looking at just now is um, how well am I going to do betting on steamers? Small sample size, I'm not doing too badly, um, but and I'm sure there's something there that if the bookies are setting a price and then some smart money is identified people like De Bruyne who are um, playing in a formation that is slightly unexpected and the price steams in and the bookmaker has got a static price up from the morning for a first goal scorer and multiple scores they're just it just seems very logical that there has to be some value there the only question being when has the ship sailed in terms of picking up an exchange fgs prices which is what i've been betting on you know um um we'll see but we'll keep monitoring this and what we'll do is sooner or later because i've been doing it for six seven eight months now manually it really will suit getting this uh set up in code because the problem with doing it manually is especially when i'm I can't review steamers until close to kickoff. And then there's an element of time putting the spreadsheet together, getting a graph and updating the site. And often there's only five minutes to kickoff. I can understand why people, if they look at the page, go, I literally never see the graph because I can only put the graph up a few minutes before kickoff. Um, all I'm doing just now is testing it out to make sure that it works manually. And once we understand all the nuances of everything, I'm going to sort of work out how much traded as indicative as two pounds enough do we have, have have a minimum there whatever um once we've worked out all of those we'll get it in the code and hopefully there's a little player xg tool there to continue with because i'll tell you what betting on uh player the player to score is one of the more funner markets to bet on in football in my honest opinion all right guys you are listening to the bashcast and it's brought to you by bookie bashing
Hold Me to the Light, The Tale of Us Remix by K-A-S-S-T from the album Hold Me to the Light 2019. I can't believe you've gone for Dan's music, not mine. This is like 2019, mine's like fresh. In the bookie bashing News. Let's revisit the story of Andrew Green. We've talked about him twice before on the Bashcast. Um, first of all, we just spoke about the story as we knew it. And then I actually invested some time to play the game and had a slightly different perspective, although I thought the outcome should have been the same. But I don't want to rehash too much old ground, but perspective is important. It really is. So... Um, Let's just quickly cover the fact that Andrew Green 
uh, is a man, a man with two ears, and he was playing um, casino slot games on his mobile phone at Betfred. He was playing Frankie Dottori's Magic 7 Blackjack game, a game I wasn't familiar with until I played it. I've got it in front of me now. Uh, so it's a standard blackjack game. You can play up to three hands. You can obviously play the pot against the uh, casino. Is that the noise of the game? The noise of the game involves someone tweeting. Oh no, that's Shane Lowry having a shot. How's he done here? Let's have a look at Shane Lowry. Come on, Shane. My first round leader doesn't look like it's going to come through. Um... So Magic 7 Blackjack, I'm having a pound, and then you can bet um, on the bonus bet, which is the Magic 7 itself. Right, so let's have a pound on that, and we'll deal. So I have got a pair of Black Kings. These lives matter. Uh, the dealer's got a four, puts me in a strong position. What I do not have is I don't have any um, bonus heart cards or bonus cards they're not heart cards that's too confusing bonus cards blue magic seven cards now uh two kings against a four if i was counting and the shoe was hot uh, i'd be splitting these as it is i'm just going to stand take my medicine 19. dealer gets 19 win. boom i win two quid or win a quid but i had a pound on the bonus game let's play again until a bonus card comes out here's a bonus card did you hear that Two bonus cards. Whoa! Although the hand's quite bad. I've got 16 against the dealer's king. Have to hit. 20. Look at that. Magic, eh? That's card counting for you. I counted 10, 6, 4 for 20. Press stand. 20. Dealer gets a 20. Card counting doesn't win every time. Now, what happened there? What happened there is I got a push. So I didn't win any money. 20 versus 20. But my pound on the bonus game is still in the middle. And two little trophies have lit up. Okay? Because I got two bonus cards in that. And if the dealer had got a bonus card, um, uh, I would have had three trophies light up. Now, one trophy qualifies us to play. Two trophies is a push. Three trophies plays e pays even money. So if I get a trophy in the next hand, I'm going to get even money on my £1 bonus bet. But I have to pay a pound for the real game as well. So let's do that. Now, four in a row. It depends how many hands I can go getting these bonus cards. Four in a row, seven to one. Five in a row, 14 to one. Six in a row, 24 to one. Seven in a row, 70 to one. Seven in a row, twice. 7,777 to one. Let's deal. If I get a bonus card this time, I'm going to get even money. At least, at the minimum, we bet and deal. 14. Okay, I've got 14 against the dealer's three. Ordinarily, this is a uh, stand. I believe the EV of the bonus card makes this a hit because it's thin. If this was 18 against the dealer's three, it's a stand. 14 against the dealer's three, traditional blackjack, you should stand. I believe the EV of this extra bonus card makes this a hit. hit. 21. 13. 23. Bust. You win. Okay, big things just happened there. First of all... I take a card in 14, I hit a 7, like a boss, and I hit 21. Next thing that happened is that he drew one of the bonus cards. I've now had three bonus cards in a row, and I've been paid even money. And I've also won my hand. But now, if I get four in a row, I'm going to be paid 7 to 1. I'm going to get seven whole English pounds. That's like 
seven bags of cones of chips at the chip shop if I get a bonus uh, card in this hand. Let's have a go. Rebet and deal. Right, I have 17 against the dealer 6. Now, the dealer has a 6. Uh, I can't really take a card. Uh, it's thin, this, actually, because I've got a 2, 3, and 4, with 3 of 13 chance, roughly, uh, of not busting. Uh, and I get the 7 to 1. Oh, no, yeah, the EV will be in my favour to take a card here. Let's hit. You have 17. Are you sure you want to hit? Yes. 23. Bust. 8. Right, okay. Uh, he, uh, I busted. He drew 8. Uh, and I didn't get paid uh, any more of the bonus, but I did get 3 in a row for even money. So there you go. Right, so that uh, card came out. And the... Uh, that's quite rare for that to happen. It happened first time. I got paid something from the great fun. We're all going home happy. That last bonus card was a jack of hearts. When that goes back into the deck and you rebet and deal, let's say the jack of hearts just came out now. 10 against dealers 2, that's double. I might just sit here and play 15, blackjack. 15, 8, 8 26. Yeah, eat me. Um, so if the jack of hearts had came out this time around, it wouldn't be a bonus card. It wouldn't have a little blue symbol on it. Uh, they reset the bonus cards every shuffle, uh, and the bonus cards are always new, and they don't hold on to that. Now, when Mr. Andrew Green was playing, what he would have noticed is that the Jack of Hearts would have come out. It would have been a bonus card still. It didn't lose its bonus card status, right? And so over time, rebet and deal... 16 against the 3. Uh, let's just stand on that. 13. 13. 19. 19 she just um, Every time the Jack of Hearts now comes out, it's a bonus card. I'm just actually trying to get a bonus card to come out. Queen. Blackjack. Oh, well, I'll take Blackjack then. 19. So let's say the King of Clubs on that 19 was a bonus card. Uh, once he hits that, once it cycles through and comes out again, it's still a bonus card. What's happening with Mr. Andrew Green? He's uncovered a glitch from Playtech where the cards aren't resetting as bonus cards, they're staying as bonus cards, which means over time, all 52 cards will become bonus cards. I mean, statistically, the chances of a card turning into a bonus card, by the time you get to the end, the, those last few cards, they won't turn into bonus cards, or very unlikely to. But the majority of the deck will be bonus cards, which means that he's going to hit that seven in a row, 70 to one. He's going to hit seven in a row two times for 7,777 to one, and he can do that as many times as he wants. He's not meant to be able to multiply his bonus stake by 7,777 to 1 very often. But when every card is a bonus card, he can do it. That's the flaw that he uncovered. Now, it's not meant to be like that. It's not meant to be anywhere near... I mean, the EV is not just ridiculously in your favour. It's just... You could have rinsed Betfred for as much money as you wanted to. He made it to £1,722,923.54 before putting the brakes on and deciding that was enough and withdrawing. And I actually find the, the psychological point that he decided to stop fascinating. And it's one I would have struggled with. I, because I, he would have understood that there's a glitch and that these car, cards can't all be bonus cards. Um, and... 
we understand that it was a glitch, and Betfred understand that it's a glitch, and Playtech understand that it's a glitch. And he must have been thinking, well, I don't know where to withdraw. Like, I have to... I'm, what am I going to do? Win 500 quid? No, I'm going to go for more than 500 quid. 10 grand? No, nah, more than 10 grand. 100 grand. Maybe at 100 grand I would have thought, let's withdraw. You see, you can't go to 100 million or 200 million. You're not going to be paid that. You're not going to be paid 100 million pounds. You're not going to be paid 20 million pounds. So when do you stop? Half a million? I like to think that, have thought that two million sounds about right. One million seven hundred twenty-two thousand. To me, it sounds about right. It's it's enough that it's a, it's a fantastic win. It's not too much to be so greedy that you'll never be paid out. So it sounds about right. Now, did Mister Andrew Green do that on purpose? Did he get scared? Was he thinking ten million and then he got scared? Was he thinking half a million but he couldn't stop? You know, I could see that eventuality, thinking I'm going to stop at half a million, but I can't stop. It's free money. So he obviously didn't get paid. Playtech instructed Betfred that there had been a malfunction and Betfred stood by the terms and conditions uh, and said that the malfunction is the responsibility of the player, they actually tried to pay him £40,000 or £30,000 not to talk to anyone about it. And the guy's got it because he thinks it's his money. And he's gone for a free shot to nothing. He's taken them to court. We talked about the court case recently on the Bashcast. Uh, my impression was that he wasn't going to win, but I wanted him to win. If it was me, I would want to be paid out. If it was my pal, I would want it to be paid out. If it was an advantage player, I didn't know I would want them to be paid out. And if it was a Mr Andrew Green, I would want him to be paid out well news drops on the guardian on the 7th of april 2021 when andrew green hit the 1.7 million pound jackpot in an online casino he never imagined it would take three years of misery and stress of legal action to claim it ah, i bet he did i would have done but now finally the champagne will flow after the 54 year old from lincolnshire won his high court battle against gambling firm betfred hosted by billionaire fred dunn that's very important who had refused to pay out his 2018 winnings because of a defect green will now received his 1,722,923 pounds and 54 pence winnings plus interest by the way the interest on that will be after a judge ruled that one of the terms and conditions set out by Betfred in the game was just not apt to cover the circumstances of this case at all. We'll have another terms and conditions uh, story after this on the Bashcast, but Betfred has apologised to Green for the delay in paying out and said it will not appeal against the judgment. Green won the money on a game called Frankie Dottori's Magic 7 Blackjack in 2018 on an online platform hosted by Betfred. For five days, he believed he was a millionaire. I understand he extended his overdraft and bought friends and family presents. That wasn't particularly clever, but you can understand why people would do that. When he tried to withdraw his winnings, he was declined. Betfred's lawyers argued that the bookmaker was not liable because the game contained a defect that made it more likely to pay out higher sums in winnings than intended. Green was devastated and felt robbed. In a statement after this courtroom victory, he said, The last three years have felt like hell on earth. I think Betfred have treated me abysmally, but it's not about Betfred today. I'm just ecstatic to have eventually won my case. I'm very sorry about your mental health. Um, 
you really shouldn't have let it affect you. Treat it like a game. You treat all of this like a game, whether you're being paid out or you're chasing the payout. It is just a game. I'm sorry that you suffered mental health issues about it. Uh, along with my family, I have been through some very low times and become very down. My physical health has suffered badly and sometimes I'd wish I'd never won the money because it was just making my life a misery. But today, I feel like the world has been lifted off my shoulders and I feel so incredibly happy and relieved. For me, my family and my legal team, the champagne has come off the ice and will be savoured Green who said he was very numb after his victory I bet he was because I didn't expect him to win encouraged others who have fallen foul of betting firm rules to challenge them and said his case showed that it was possible to get justice this is not a win for me but a win for everybody in a similar position it is a win for you it's not a win for everybody in a similar position because the majority of people win uh, sums of money that don't justify chasing them up in the courts I take very few of my cases where I'm not paid out to court, but the ones where they're large enough, maybe over a couple of grand, I do. Um, but it's important. The, the concept is right. The philosophy is correct here. At a hearing in October, Green's lawyers asked Mr Justice Foster to either rule in his favour or strike out Betfred's defence of the claim. Lawyers for Betfred argued that the dispute should be resolved at a full trial. I really thought that lawyers for Betfred and uh, Playtech, and I wonder what the compensation from Betfred will be from Playtech, um, would have um, had a uh, would have won this case. I really did. I thought that. But in her ruling, uh, Mr Justice Foster said, I am of the clear view that these clauses in the terms and conditions are inadequate to exempt Betfred from the obligation to pay out an on an ostensibly winning bet or series of bets. Green solicitor Peter Coyle said, I am thrilled for Andy and his family. Our justice system has delivered exactly the right result and it will give hope to others who may be thinking that the big rich guys always win. And this is a thing, you know. Um, Fred Dunn, billionaire Fred Dunn, um, he wasn't pocketing any profit from this, but it was his responsibility. The responsibility falls on his shoulders, and he should pay. Uh, Betfred spokesman said Mr. Green won the jackpot three times whilst playing a game provided by our third-party supplier. So three times at 7,777 to one. He must have been playing at about £50 pounds to be winning maybe £80 on the bonus to be multiplying that by 7777 three times to win that £1.7 The supplier reported a software problem to us and advised that we should withhold payment. However, we will abide by the court's decision and not appeal. We would like to apologise to Mr Green for the delay in receiving money. This is fantastic news. Well done, Mr Green. What's it going to mean for us? Nothing. What it's going to mean for us is that uh, the lawyers are going to scrutinise the terms and conditions clauses and just make it a lot more clear uh, that anything that goes wrong will be the customer's fault. They will find the loophole that the or the issue that the judge had with the terms and conditions in this case, where the uh, judge did not find the terms and con uh, conditions to be adequate, they will now make them adequate and prevent this from happening again. This does not empower uh, any of us to win any more cases. It's just going to make the terms and conditions slightly different. Uh, and if anything, make it slightly more difficult. That's not a slant against either Peter Coyle of law firm Coyle White Divine or uh, of Andy Green. I think it's a fantastic result congratulations to him spend the money wisely i hope your mental and physical uh, health can take a turn for the better because more and um, important than money are those two health concerns there good on you andrew green
sports betting news time. This story is from uh, cobets.com, coloradobets.com. It's probably remarkable in how unremarkable it would be on this side of the pond, but uh, it's remarkable enough to be actual newsworthy over in America. So Colorado, one of the few states you can legally bet online on sports in America, and sports betting is gaining popularity as the prohibition is being relaxed on online sports betting. And what you're seeing is a lot of uh, UK, Europe-facing sports books licking their lips and sending over their middle managers and their senior managers to sort of... um, tap in to the economy and the potential um, of the US sporting um, sports betting market. So William Hill is one of these sports books uh, and they are operating in um, Colorado and the title of this uh, news article is William Hill Sportsbook takes back $2,500 parlay win citing in inverted commas, terms and conditions, inverted commas. So I think anyone from certainly the UK, anyone listening to the Bashcast, will be familiar with um, bets being palped, uh, bets being voided, bonuses being voided. And after so many years of being hammered with it, there's an element of just accepting it unless unless the payout is worthy of um, legal action, right? And then you, you don't take it, you... You fight it, but not every bet is worth legal action, right? I mean, if the bookie's going to stiff me for less than 500 quid, I'm probably not going to be taking legal action because it's not worth the time and energy um, from my perspective. I'll just go and make 500 quid from somewhere else. But um, um, sports books behaving like this, citing terms and conditions over users, uh, is I think is something that uh, is going to take the US by surprise. Now, my question is going to be, are they going to stand for it the same as we do? Well, let's have a read the story. Uh, this is by uh, reporter Jeff Edelstein uh, on the March the 24th, 2021, so a couple of weeks ago. He says... Um, Captain Jack Andrews, the pseudonym of a prominent East Coast better analyst, has heard it all before. So when a man reached out to him from the Midwest in December 2020 saying he felt like he had been taken advantage of by William Hill Sportsbook, Andrews decided to take a look, but with trepidation. I tend to vet these claims pretty harshly, since the last thing I want to do is be stuck defending an angle shooter, Andrews told COBETS via email. And this is very fair, you know. Uh, I'm not 100% punter sympathetic. I think if um, perhaps you've signed up for a sign-up bonus uh, and taken advantage of it, fair play. And then once you've signed up, your 17th cousin's uh, gerbil uh, and uh, been caught doing that, then you have to put your hands up and go, well, I tried and I was caught. Um, there's an element of fair play there. I don't think anyone has a right to re-sign up for a company's sign-up bonus uh, 150 times, um, you know. Uh, if I was a book, uh, I, that would I would sort of see that kind of behavior as predatory towards me. So um, I don't have blanket punter sympathy, and neither does Captain Jack Andrews, by the looks of things, but he vetted the story, and what he found was 
not an angle shooter, but a straight shooter who won a $500 parlay. Parlay is American for acre or multiple. So he won a $500 acre, taking it down for $2,500, so it was obviously 5 to 1. And then when he attempted to withdraw his winnings, he watched as the sports book took the winnings away, leaving him with only the $500 that he initially deposited. So, why has that happened? What's happened there, exactly? Um, what happened out in Colorado? So, this chap isn't from Colorado. He's from the Midwest. But it, um, it is legal, incidentally, to if you're an American U.S. citizen, to travel to Colorado from wherever you live, from the Midwest, and open up an account there. That is legal. That is not outside of the terms and conditions. You might think it is. You might think you need to be in Colorado, but you don't. So he says, I traveled from my home to the mid uh, in the Midwest to Colorado in December to do some early season skiing. Good for you. I've missed two seasons worth of skiing because of the bleeding pandemic. Uh, I was excited to do some sports betting while there, uh, as I because I knew there were some good promotions and most of the sports books were offering um, good promotions for new users. One of the books I signed up for was William Hill. Now, this is already interesting. It's like, did you really go skiing or did you just travel to Colorado to sign up to all of the good bonuses? But even if you did, what's the harm in that, right? So he, he's allowed to do that. He's a, he, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no angle shooting and just traveling to Colorado, whether it's for skiing or simply to go and sit on a mate's couch. Uh, and uh, sign up to all the bonuses. There's literally nothing wrong with that, right? So uh, William Hill were offering a $500 free bet if you deposited $500. <coughs> oh, good grief. Good old days, right? I deposited my $500 and I placed my $500 free bet on a three-leg parlay aka multiple, which, as stated earlier, he won. Now, at this point, the better decided discretion was the better part of Valor and went to withdraw his winnings. So all he's done here is bet the $500 free bet uh, and tried to withdraw without wagering um, it, however many times would be generally necessary to wager. Um, he says, uh, I elected to use PayPal for my withdrawal method. Uh, it asked me how much I wanted to withdraw and stated my balance available to withdraw was $3,057.19. I typed in the full amount and I submitted it, and the next day I checked my PayPal account to see if it had been processed. I did not see the funds. I went back to the William Hill app and I saw that the full amount was back in my account. Thinking there'd be some sort of issue, I attempted to withdraw it again using the same method and for the same amount. And that is where things turned sour. A few minutes after this, I got two emails from William Hill. The first was notifying me that my account had been suspended indefinitely, and the second informed me that I was no longer eligible for bonuses and that all my current bonuses and free play had been voided. I initially assumed this just meant I couldn't do any bonuses in the future, which I found annoying, but not that big of a deal. I soon found out that they meant I would not be getting the funds from my winning parlay ACA multiple. I com combed the terms and conditions and found the section in question. If I remember right, it basically states very vaguely that they reserve all the rights and can withhold winnings if you abuse the bonus and try to immediately withdraw it. 
After a few days, they lifted my account suspension and I could see that my balance was only the initial $500 I had deposited. At this point, the better reached out to William Hill customer support. He got nowhere fast and was told the decision was final. Um, I see here a date from William Hill, dear valued patron. Due to recent behavior activity on your account, it has been determined that your free bet wager must be voided. As per our terms and conditions, your account is no longer eligible to partake in this promotion or any alternative promotions. The decision is final. I love that the decision is final, by the way. By the decision, people who write the decision uh, is final are rarely the people who have authority over whether a decision is final or not. Um... The terms and conditions did say Captain Jack Andrews found out a participant a participant who requested a withdrawal without first wagering the deposit match bonus associated with the qualifying deposit may have the free bet voided at the sole discretion of William Hill. Uh, Andrews said, I scrutinised everything about his claim and was able to find the T's and C's, which stated he couldn't withdraw. I then took it to my guy at William Hill, who usually helps me with customer complaints. He's fairly high up. He told me he contacted support, but they replied the same. The decision was final. And that's when the guy took it to Colorado Gaming. And unbelievably, Colorado Gaming wrote back after three months, which incidentally, they find that three months being extremely long. Imagine if IBAS was as quick as three months. Jeez Louise. The division's investigation, this is the Colorado Gaming division uh, found William Hill's general terms uh, prohibit patrons from attempting to withdraw an initial deposit and only wager the match bonus associated with the deposit by attempting to withdraw your initial deposit William Hill deemed the activity as a violation of their terms and conditions and they ultimately determined that William Hill did not violate the applicable Colorado Division of Games Sporting Betting Regulations under Rule 6.13 of the Colorado Department of Revenue Sport Betting Rules and Regulations. Uh, beyond what we issued in the letter, we don't have much more to say on it, said uh, the Division of Gaming. Uh, a look at William Hill's um, current terms and conditions deals with fraudulent activities, bonus abuse and prohibited transactions and failed deposits where they're literally just allowed to take the money from you. Here's the problem though. Um, he was meant to wager it a an, an number of times. It doesn't actually say in this how many times. Um, but what should have happened here, obviously, is that he should have gone to click withdraw and if he wasn't allowed, it just doesn't allow him to withdraw. Or even if it does allow him, it returns the money to his account and says, no, you're not allowed to withdraw. This, the problem here is a software glitch. He may be a mug punter. I mean, loads of mug punters wouldn't understand that you have to achieve a wagering requirement. Um, he may have understood that you have to achieve a wagering requirement, but he decided to chant his arm on withdraw, and uh, there was a glitch that allowed him to. All of these things go back on William Hill. They have to be the ones uh, that lock up that withdraw screen, or once they've seen it happen, they re return the money to his account and then lock it up. But you don't take the money straightforward from him uh, it's unfair and 
referring to the terms and conditions as being decision as final, um, in the words of Dan Druff, Todd Rotellas on the Poker Fraud Alert, uh, he talked about this on the last episode, which is where I heard about it. It makes you a terms and conditions monkey. You're just standing by terms and conditions that are not fair and not right. And saying that the decision is final doesn't mean that the decision should be final. It's un- uh, You have to stand up for yourself when there are unfair terms and conditions in front of your face. And um, in the UK, I think for two and a half thousand dollars, which is what, two grand, I would be chasing this up legally and I would... feel like I had a really good chance of winning any court case I have in this. Obviously, if the money was put back in my account, I then have to then wager it as many times as the four times or the six times or ten times or however many times um, William Hill terms and conditions say I have to wager it. Uh, I'm not saying the guy's entitled to the money. What I'm saying is that the guy is entitled to the balance in William Hill. He hasn't done anything wrong. Uh, uh, But knowing what we know in the UK, uh, this happens all the time. Uh, they're going to see it as they're being taken advantage of and they're just going to mug off this customer um, um, at the expense of their own profits. Uh, And they need to take this on the chin. Uh, They need to take this on the chin. Uh, They need to put a clause in or some code in to the withdrawal that says you can't withdraw if you've still got bonus money. Uh, they've got to put a max amount you can win on the terms if they decided that his parlay multiple acre had won too much money, then say that the max amount you can win from the bonus bet is a thousand or two thousand or whatever it is. But until you've ironed out those terms and conditions, uh, well, look, you know what our friend from Rounders has got to say about this, don't you? Tell him, John. <laughs> Okay, what's coming up uh, in the world of sports? Um, well, today we've got the last day of the Masters. Uh, before that, more importantly, I'm going to go and play golf uh, against my buddies uh, James and John. James, how do you think that's going to go this afternoon? For starters, it's snowing. Uh, it could be interesting. It's driving blizzards, snow. It's sideways so snow. It's the middle of April. What could go wrong? What handicaps are we playing today? Uh, I think I'll be off about 16. Right, yeah. What are you off? John will be... John's off scratch. scratch. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. What about you? I'm thinking scratch. What, for you? When <laughs> was the last time you played? Mate, this is the year I'm going to break 30. I promise you. This is the year I'm going to break 30. So well, can you're I, 40, can I have... mate. You're not 30. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll... Do you know what? I'll take 40. Do you want to give me 40 today? <laughs> when did you last play golf? Uh, against my daughter last week. And how did that go? Did she win? I went round in 64. Did she win, though? For nine holes. <laughs> <laughs> She's quite a good putter, my daughter. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Buggy? Uh, any, um, any rugby? You, last time you were on, you were talking about the rugby. Um, I understand you picked up the name Captain Podcast at work after that. <laughs> <laughs> any more insights into... Yeah, well, the European uh, Cup is on, so uh, yesterday... Leinster beat Exeter, and La Rochelle uh, beat Sale. Today we've got... Did you have any money on La Rochelle? I had money on Sale uh, and Exeter, so it wasn't a good day for me yesterday. Oh, mate, did you go big? Uh, 
couple of quid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's quite big for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, today it is Toulon versus Clermont, so all French affair, and uh, Bordeaux uh, versus Racing. Both very close games. Yeah, yeah. Who's the best? Racing are a surprise Paris. team this season. No, no. Racing, Racing a good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the, the overperforming. Uh, probably not. Okay. Uh, but they uh, Bordeaux are favourites, but I would put some money on Racing. They're playing away. French teams traditionally travel badly, uh, but definitely put money on Racing. And um, I would go for Toulouse um, over Clermont. James, for the last decade, I've known you. You've got a Bet Three Six Five account that isn't restricted, haven't you? Yeah. Well, can, I've got, I, can I have it? Well, Can I, got, have it? I got it up to about 145 quid. That's why it's still in restriction. I am now down to 60p. I can help you. I, d- I don't need any. You're, right, you're, that's the inter- you're not interested whatsoever about any advantage play value betting, right? I'd just like to put a couple of quid on a, on a team that I think might win. Okay. <laughs> and do a couple of travels. Doesn't matter who, yeah, who you but, think. But I'm really win. bad at it. Um, who's going to win the golf? Uh, I think uh, Matt. Yama. Oh, I thought you got Matt Jones there, who's about no. five shots off the lead. Is it Mats- Matsuyama? Hideki Matsuyama's Matsuyama, got a four-shot lead, and there's about six players four shots back. But Justin so Rhodes, Justin see- Rhodes had the same lead. Yeah, but he's been on minus seven for the last three days, hasn't he? Yeah. So he just can't move. I don't think you bet. Really you bet Justin Rose every single <laughs> tournament of your entire life except this tournament. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of don't really want him to win. Okay. Um, and who's going to win the big golf? Today. Yeah. Uh, feeling good. You're feeling good? I'm feeling good. All right. I have beaten John twice on this course. On this course? On Where this we course. Played? we're we playing? We're playing at Cleep Hill. Right, okay. Which is on top of a massive hill. Right. So it's really exposed. A massive hill? Yeah. I've done seven Peloton the last 24 hours. My legs might not be able to take that. Mate, I walked 20 miles yesterday all over the mountains. Yeah? Yeah. Nice day? Good for you. Well, listen, what time's tea time? Okay, we better go. We'll wrap this up then. Whatever it is that you're betting on, put money on me in our three ball today. This is Tom signing out. Did the earth move fire? Did the earth move fire? Did the earth move fire? Did the earth move fire?